This week's podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. I've been using FreshBooks for years. We send hundreds of invoices a year using FreshBooks. It is incredibly easy to use, whether you are a large business, a mid-sized business, or a freelancer, FreshBooks allows you to send out custom invoices and get paid faster. I have a secret. We were using a very popular uh, accounting system that a lot of people use that's a giant pain in the neck to use, and I couldn't do it any longer, so I searched out all over the internets to find a place where I could do my bookkeeping online and I came up with FreshBooks and I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, They are not expensive at all. They are perfect for freelancers. They are perfect for the self-employed and they're perfect for my business too. And for the next 30 days, you can have unrestricted free trial to FreshBooks by going to freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan. You guys know I don't endorse a lot of products. I only like to endorse things that I use and I've used them for years. So check it out, freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan and see why I'm always so happy. A podcast? Did your radio show get canceled? Father's business three years ago. Okay. So that has opened up a lot of things for me financially before um, I was, my wife and I, Sharice have kind of been living paycheck to paycheck. We have three children, so they're now entering college, and of course my finances have kind of changed a bit as the business has done very well. So just looking to see today, am I saving enough, what things I can do, and then also, you know, the last thing is, I just listened to your podcast about chaos, (laughs) and kind of business is going well, but personal finances between my wife and I seem to be kind of chaotic and just because she's more of a just let's spend and live for today and I'm kind of looking to save for the future so awesome well let's uh, let's take care of all of that good stuff uh, so much to tackle uh, let's start here right now your household income on a regular basis your gross annual income is hundred and fifty five thousand dollars prior to buying the business uh, mm-hmm. What was your income? You said you struggled a little bit prior to buying the business. What what was the income? Between my wife and I, it would have been about seventy thousand. Okay, so your income uh, more than doubled with the purchase of this business. Um, yes, depending on the profit, sometimes it's been it's been down a little bit. Okay. Um, but also within the past couple of years, I bought the uh, the building that I'm in. Um, which is what I took kind of the profits for and paid cash for that. But now I get an extra little $400 a month rent from the, nice. okay. uh, as we started the property business. So. And, and so what was the plan? We're gonna, I'm going to keep rewinding on you here a little bit, but what was the plan financially for your future prior to buying the business? Was the plan always to buy the business or was that a, a late idea that you were like, ah, we're going to do this? Yeah, um, I guess it was. I had moved away from uh, my hometown, and then my father was looking to retire, and I was uh, kind of had a stable job, but yeah, I kind of had it in that I wanted to do this. And okay. eventually, opportunity rose for me to come back, and I worked for him for you know five to seven years before I purchased it. So, is there any reason to believe that the business can't sustain itself from? Uh, you know, changes and trends within whatever industry it's in, or are you feel pretty confident that there is a, a good 15, 20 year future for your business? 
I think it looks pretty strong. Um, we've been growing the past couple years. It is kind of a little bit of a volatile business. It's uh, residential and janitorial services okay. for commercial as well. So I do a lot of contract cleaning, so that's a little bit volatile. But uh, my father also owns another business, which was a laundromat and a dry cleaning. And so there's a possibility in a year or so that he wants to retire fully, and then I might purchase that as well. So that's a something that might come down the road in a couple of years. Yeah, serial entrepreneurs. You know, not like, not, <laughs> yeah. not like the Kellogg. Well, I think I'm in a good shape to kind of sustain where I'm at now. Yeah, excellent. So uh, you're 46 years old. Is your wife, uh, how old is she compared to you, the same age? Uh, same age. Okay. Uh, you know, you said something earlier that, that I want to hit on. You said your professional and your income life are going well, but your personal finances feel a little chaotic. You know, we talked about it on the podcast here recently. I, I I have something to offer you here today. My theory is this. If we can solidify the home finances, it makes work easier. But so often what people do when their work life is going well, their income is going well, their business is going well, they look for the business to solve their personal problems, uh, their personal financial problems, and that never ends up happening. This is this wild goose chase. So I think what we're gonna try to do today for you is to flip that on its head, fix some of those personal financial issues, and then hopefully even flourish even more. Does that make sense? That would be wonderful. That <laughs> would be wonderful. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hit your million-dollar day before we go too much further. Uh, you all, okay. according to uh, my staff, you're putting at least, well, actually, you're putting more than $2,400 a month away, but based on if you're able to put those Roth IRA contributions uh, away. But you're, you're putting 2400 a month away. Uh, you have $107,000 already in the long-term savings. So that makes your million-dollar day at the latest, January 10th of 2031. And at age 67, you will have $2.13 million with a net monthly income of $4,900 a month. But in today's dollars, uh, Ruben, that 4900 is going to feel like 2900 after inflation. So those numbers I just calculated are as though uh, when you can still contribute to the Roth, if your business continues the way it sounds like it's continuing, some of those um, abilities may change. So at the bare minimum, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to be a millionaire when you're uh, in 2031. So that's not too shabby. Correct. Now, what about what are the limits for the Roth IRA? Because I think in some cases I'm running up against that with my gross income. Yeah, let's see. So that concerns me that I might not be able to put that, you know, $5,500 in for me and also for my wife. And that's why I didn't include it in your calculation. Uh, the phase okay. out for the Roth IRA in 2017, the phase out starts at $118,000, and you're ineligible to make Roth IRA contributions at $133,000 of AGI. So um, you probably, if you've made a contribution here in 2017, chances are you're gonna get that kicked back to you um, okay. because you wouldn't be able to make Now, I am not a tax advisor, although sometimes right. at parties I'm boring to talk to, which makes me sort of like a tax <laughs> advisor. Uh, so, but talk, do you have a, I assume at this point you're a business owner, you have, you have someone that helps you with your taxes. You're not doing them yourself, right? Correct. Okay, so that person Correct. will yell at yeah, you. Yeah, I have an office manager and also an accountant outside that I hire. So, you know, if, if we look at your law, is, how long do you want to work, Ruben? I mean, I, we, we just said at 67, you'll have $2.1 million uh, and $2,900 a month of income in today's dollars. Like, how, how does that sit with you? I don't want to work past 67. Okay. 
do you have any goals financially between now and 67? So it's only 21 years from now. Here's a crazy fact that's going to make you angry. You are closer to the end of your career now than you are from the beginning of your career. That is both exciting and terrifying. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's great. <laughs> if I don't have to go to work, I would love to do that. Uh, so I'm really looking to, to you know, get things solidified by that 67. So I ask is just, put, you know, just figuring in the, the maxing out the simple IRA, which is what we have. Um, is that enough? I mean, should I be putting something into a taxable investment? Well, there's a couple, there's a couple factors here. Uh, number one, you will be able to put um, a little bit more money into your simple IRA once you achieve the age of 50, right? The, the limits go up a little bit. You got a catch-up contribution. But the other factor in this too is all the money you have other than the equity within the business uh, isn't available to you until you're 59 and a half years old because it's qualified money. So at some point, if you want a chunk of money in the next 13 and a half years that you don't have to pull out of the business, it could make some sense to, to start to contribute to a taxable account. So at least you have access to money. Right now, you, your hands are kind of tied until you're Correct. 59 and a half, which uh, as a business owner myself, that would make me nervous because some, you know, at some point in time, maybe you're going to have to not only reinvest the, the profits of your business, but you're going to have to take some of your personal money and put it into the business, depending on what's happening from a, a, a an economy standpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah. You're into your situation. Personally, that's uh, what I don't have. Yeah. So and maybe so- that's the best <laughs> is to keep anything extra I may have and try to build at least just the right for now a savings account up to a certain amount yeah see that's what i want to get at and uh and we're going to talk about that quite a bit and that that will be our focus is you have zero dollars in savings personal savings because it to some degree and this sounds negative but you you use the company uh as a, as a piggy bank with distributions and retained earnings and these sorts of things so here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break and right after the break we're going to focus on this this great financial situation that somehow has zero dollars in savings so we'll be right back i'm pete the planner wait 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 we'll complete that thought right after these words so you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork Welcome to my life, and welcome to the life of business owners and freelancers all across this globe. Challenging? Yep. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. And believe me when I tell you, it's beautiful. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work and I work and anyone works. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. <laughs> the all new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds for those doing the math a half a minute. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days earlier and see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing game. 
FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. That's you. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan. Go get the free stuff right now. We're back talking to Ruben here on the Million Dollar Plan. Ruben makes uh, over $150,000 a year household income from a gross perspective. He's going to be a millionaire in 2031, owns a successful business. In the last three years, his household income has doubled, and my man has got a goose egg in his savings account. Ruben, how, how is that? Are, are you viewing sort of the company finances to some degree a, a piggy bank that if you needed it, you could always take it from there? Yes, I have. Um, currently, um, the first, you know, two years of retained earnings or profits that I have have been spent. Now, some of those go to pay the taxes on the profits. Um, I've also paid off over that time $20,000 in credit card debt. Sure. So you did those mainly distri- as distributions, I would assume, at that point in time? Correct. Correct. Um, so I don't have a lot of credit card debt now, but my wife, I feel, didn't learn anything <laughs> from accumulating this credit card debt. Oh, man. Because I just kind of paid it off through the business because I got sick and tired of paying the interest on it and going, why am I doing this? When I have this money sitting in my business savings account. You know what this makes me think about? Like, people that want to be really physically fit, I would probably be one of those people. But and then let's say, like, I want to be physically fit, but I'm not physically fit. And one morning, I wake up, and I'm in some sort of sci-fi movie. I wake up physically fit. But I didn't do anything to be physically fit. I just woke up physically fit. I think sometimes when people are able to make a good business decision like you did, a, a sort of a, a big money move, and get out of debt, yet the pain of getting out of debt wasn't part of that process, then what you've just described, Ruben, is so common because uh, the struggle, which I like to call the beautiful struggle, the beautiful struggle is what prevents you from making dumb decisions going forward. And I feel like that's a little bit of what you're dealing with right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, let me ask you this. It, 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 prior to having the business, what was the financial relationship between you and your lady friend? Like uh, healthy struggles at times, bad. What was it? It was a struggle. Um, you know, we did have three kids, and they were involved in things. And you know, it just kind of well, we need to do this. So other things would come up, and it would just go on a credit card, and yeah, just kind of continue to pay. And at that point, at one point, I had did the bills. And then it was tough for me. Um, and then it ended up going back to her. And then this is when kind of the credit card debt kind of accumulated. Is it always consumer bit. purchases? Um, um, is that the, the nature of the, the credit card debt? Say that again? Are the, is the credit card debt primarily there? or Has it been there based on consumer purchases or emergencies that you couldn't fund because you didn't have savings? Like how did the debt get there? Consumer purchases. Okay. Here's a here's a weirdo question for you, Ruben. Uh, what mm-hmm. is and you're, oh, you're getting put on more on the spot than I ever put anyone on the spot. So good good luck with this. 
Thanks, I'm starting to sweat already. Good. I am too, but it's because I'm (laughs) overweight. Um, What is your definition of financial success? Yours. Not mine, but yours. My, I think just at least having slow growth um, and continued growth that um, if you want to put at the end of two weeks or at the end of each month, that you're not spending more than what you you know need to, and that you're putting a couple putting money aside for a later date, for emergencies, for whatever, just for savings for retirement. So okay, so, so what you've just described, and I'm going to put words in your mouth. You've described stability uh, with sort of hedging towards abundance is is what mm-hmm. I've just heard from you. Is that are you good with that? I'm fine with that. Okay, now we're going to do something incredibly dangerous. I'm going to ask, this is the sole reason you will not let your wife listen to this. I want you to give me your wife's definition of financial success and go ahead and sigh or take a deep breath. Asking uh, a, and, uh, and she probably will listen. So, <laughs> and, and, and she's actually, I'm going to quote her words. Okay, is, good. And that is, I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow. Okay. All right. I, I just got excited about that, which sounds really weird. <laughs> so we're kind of on somewhat different ends of the spectrum. Did she have a parent die when she was younger? Uh, nope. Really? Did she nope. have like a close she friend or something? She did a parent recently, or... but that was, you know, the debt was already created, so there isn't much of a correlation there. This is where I play armchair psychologist, you know. Um, I would say this, though, and I've said it before. The challenge with that perspective, and I understand it. I'm like, oh, she's not wrong, but here, here's the challenge mm-hmm. with that. In order for her to feel the satisfaction of being right about her view, she has to die early, right? In order for her to go, see, mm-hmm. I told you so, she can't be around <laughs> to say I told you so because she's dead, right? So the, my, theory, mm-hmm. my theory is you don't ever want the I told you so moment to not be delivered because you're rooting to die, right? So I, I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to bring your definition of success as a household together in order to solidify the personal finances. You have a lot of good things going on. I just think you need to arrive at the right definition together. And by the way, if I may, and I may because it's my show, mm-hmm. Ruben, I, I, I kind of like your definition of success, but I feel like it's got, it's got some ways to go. Um, okay. Here, here's mine, if you care. Um, I do. Uh, to have as few financial obligations as possible. And when I say that, that's not me being cheap. That's not me like going to McDonald's and stealing ketchup and making like tomato soup every night. That's not cheap, Pete. Mm-hmm. It's why am I making this harder for myself by increasing the lifestyle, creating obligations when all I want to do is to not need money? Like I don't want to need money. I don't want to live in the the forest and and do those sorts of things. Actually, I kind of do, but that's not the point. I I think what we have to do is we have to create a a path to victory for you. And right now, since there's this cloudy idea of what your goals are financially, then then we get some challenges there. Um, What's her number one financial goal, if you had to guess, right now in her life? Boy, I think just to live each day, you know, there's, she doesn't want the pressure or the stress from the money. So, you know, it's it's hard. Um, we've tried to do different things, you know, where I've tried to say I have a personal, you know, let's have a budget meeting. And, you know, we've tried to set up a budget, which we did, but she hasn't done anything to it and tried to actually keep track of anything. 
You know why budgets? And, yeah, you know why budgets struggle like that though? Because there's not a goal to match it up with. Like the only reason to have a budget is to hold you accountable to your goals. But if you don't have a financial goal, then a budget's just a pain in the neck, and it stinks. Ah, uh, let me think about this. Like, what's your like right right now? What's your what's your financial goal? Like, what's your number one financial goal, household wise? Um, that we have enough to survive and to do things to enjoy ourselves some without overindulgence. Um, and I still want to put money aside. And for me, I would rather, I want to put more money aside than what I'm doing now. I, I want you to too, but I think the reason you're not is because the goal is so wishy-washy. It's really subjective. There's no dollar mm-hmm. amount. There's no timestamp. And dude, that's impossible. It's like, like I, I, I tell my wife every day, I'm like, I'm trying to get in shape and, and, but there's, I'm, I'm not dude, I'm lying. I'm, I'm not, I, I think on some level we need to say to, to you and your wife, we need to say, we would like $7,500 in your savings account on December 31st of 2017. There's five months left in the year. That means we're doing 1250. Is my math right there? Probably wrong. 15. No one knows Ruben. I'm bad with numbers, mm-hmm. but you just 7,500 <laughs> divided by, and then that is how you hold yourself accountable because it's a win or a lose, and I think that's what's currently lacking. But does she care? I mean, so we need she, to go through a goal setting process. Yeah, I mean, as I, man, I feel like that's a terrible answer, but the reality is, it's an amazing answer because that's the one thing lacking. You have income. You got two smart people. You got all these things going. You've got a a, a pretty reasonable retirement coming. But right now you have no goals to hold you accountable to all this money that's flowing. You know, on some level that I used to work with professional athletes a lot on their fitness, as you can tell, no, on their money, (laughs) with with their money. And the thing was when, when guys would struggle and it's because they didn't have financial goals and it's so easy to say this person's bad with money or that person's bad with money, but everyone's bad with money if you don't have something to hold yourself accountable to. Like right now you have zero dollars in savings, zero. And for, for me, I'm like, dude, we need, as a business owner, hell, you need $50,000 set aside here in the next couple of years just in case you needed to feed your business. If, if something happened in your business and you needed it to survive, you'd either have to borrow money or you'd go out of business. And so as a business owner, you gotta build that up. Hmm. This is fascinating, right? How, yeah. how, how long would it yeah. take you? I love that I'm telling you your financial life is fascinating, making you try <laughs> to agree with me. Now that's, that's effective help right there. Uh, before we go to break, I'm curious, um, how long do you think it would take you to get 7500 or $10,000 into savings? Um. Right now, as I'm just getting rid of an orthodontist bill for my youngest oh. and and paying off the rest of the credit card, I will have three fifty open up a month. Ooh, okay. So we know three fifty can can so that's seven hundred every two months. I mean, so at that point you're talking ten months to get seven thousand bucks. That seems like a pretty could you could you get it faster than that or not? Um, I think that might be a little tough. Is your, uh, you know, we got to take a break, but when we come back, I want to know right now, if you needed $5,000, what you would do. And then we're also going to talk about payroll a little bit because as a business owner always, and I, you probably share this always in the front of my mind is making payroll, making payroll, mm-hmm. making payroll and the pressures behind that. So we'll do that here in just a moment after the break. 
I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown. Yeah. And we're back on the Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner, joined by Ruben going through his life. Ruben, right now you need $5,000 tomorrow because someone is holding your dog hostage. How do you come up with five grand? I would go to the business funds. So, okay. So, and I would take five yeah. grand out of my, out of, you know, disbursements. Answer this if you can, and if you can't, mm-hmm. think think about it before you answer, because I want you to think of whether you should or can't answer this. At any given time, what do you think the average cash balance of your business account is? The average cash balance of my business? Yeah, uh, business. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Uh, tw- I have normally I'll have twenty thousand dollars in a general checking. Okay. And I've got seventy six thousand dollars in savings. Okay. Okay. In, okay. A, in a savings account. And, mm-hmm. Okay. So that's 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 super interesting. Um, how much is your payroll every month? Do you know? Uh, payroll. It's uh, biweekly, so twenty six in the year. And payroll with the taxes runs twenty thousand. Twenty thousand every payroll. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're looking at five hundred thousand dollars a year in payroll, right? Okay. Have you ever, I assume that savings, which is, it turns into three and a half payrolls. That's what always has your back, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And then at the end of the year, so far, like in the past two years, I haven't had to dip into savings to to make that, those extra two payrolls. Has the savings gone up? Yes. And are you cash flow positive uh, from a profit and loss standpoint? I mean, do you have more revenue coming in than expenses in a given month, or are you even? I do. Um, when I set up as an S Corp, even though it was an existing business that it was set, bought, that my dad started in 1970, um, it came across through everybody, the banks and everything, that it was a brand new corporation being oh. started. So I couldn't get any line of credit. I couldn't get any credit at all. So I've only run the business on cash. So that 60000 bucks or so you paid for the building, I think was the number I saw, unless I'm just making that up, um, mm-hmm. that came from profitability running the business. Correct. I basically took one year of profits and wrote out a check to buy the building. Okay. And then what's the end game here? Sell the business to some, uh, somebody in 15, 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I have one son that may or may not be interested down the road. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you, how, how did you decide how much to buy the business for? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> um, it was not. It was more of a strict business-to-business deal, as it wasn't quite a family deal. <laughs> I did not have to take a loan for a bank. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I got from my father, more or less. Um, he came up with a number, and... I fought it, and we negotiated for the better part of two years. Oh, my gosh. Did it all start with the, with <laughs> him going, uh, I'm thinking of a number? Because I always feel like that's how a good negotiation with family has to start. I don't know. I, I guess I, I think so. That's the way it sounded to me. <laughs> Man. Um, interesting. Because here's what I need to have happen. You've got a thriving business, but I need you to succeed personally from a financial standpoint. 
and I need to make sure that you succeed in retirement and that and it's not dependent on selling the business just in case that's not in the cards. I, I grew up in a family plumbing business, right? And um, mm-hmm. I always think it's interesting with sort of with with this industry, right? It's the same industry. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's blue collar people busting their hump every day. Yeah, Sometimes, service industry, right? It's hard to get your money out at the end. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's fascinating how your situation is completely connected, uh, your personal finances to the the, the short term and, and long term success of your business, and then your ability to sell it, which has me here. I, I need you to focus full force on increasing your savings account at home because I think uh, as a household, you're making financial decisions on a regular basis knowing that the finances of your business have your back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did your wife, I mean, I got to think your wife thinks that way. I mean, why wouldn't she? I mean, is that, that's the way she's thinking too, Right. She's kind of just, you know, it's it's gotten more and more that she just gets away from it, so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So I hope she realizes it. I mean, I didn't get much reaction when I said at the end of the year, I've got the money and we should do this, so I'm going to put, you know, I opened up, you know, Roth IRA for her for 5500 you know, yeah. and there wasn't much reaction there. Either. <laughs> so it's I kind of that. out of sight, out of mind, and that's okay. Did you happen to listen to my rules episode of the podcast? We're talking about your financial rules and you, the financial standards of your household. I don't believe so. Well, you missed it. It was amazing. We're just going to stop there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, here's, what we, <laughs> here's what needs to happen. You guys need to just set some rules, some non-negotiable standards, but they need, you need to come at them together. Like in this household, we always have $10,000 saved. In this house, these are uh, hypothetical ones. In this household, we don't carry credit card debt. In this household, we always max out our simple IRA. And it's it's these standards that make um, bad decisions a non-starter because it's off the table, right? But you have to arrive at them together. I, I think people in, mm-hmm. in your situation with like this huge influx of cash in the last couple of years, like, that's really challenging to deal with if you weren't already resourceful coming into all this money. I agree with you because, you know, I'm trying to get her to talk about these things because in some cases I feel like I'm like, I would call it financial infidelity. Interesting. Because I'm just kind of doing these things without, you know, her approval and there's, you know, there's trying to come together has been difficult. That's a really challenging thing, man. And it's, it's funny. It's not funny. I just couldn't find a word. It's, yeah. it's uncomfortable to talk about. It can be embarrassing. And all you want is a healthy relationship. And all you want is a stable financial life. Uh, but it always feels like money sometimes can, can mess those things up. Um, man, this is interesting. So here, here's the thing. Do you feel like she thought your guys' financial life was saved when you bought the business? No. It, okay. Okay, because to no. me, I, I think, well, explain that, because, because your income uh, we, doubled. Yeah, but we discussed it. Uh, when we bought it and when I was looking at it, the financials were, uh, the business wasn't very profitable. Okay. So... I made some changes, I cut some people, we did some reworking, and I went up, you know, I almost, I couldn't believe it when I was at 60000 about the first year. Yeah. In profits, I was kind of like, whoa! 
you know, I thought we were going to break even and I was doing what I was doing. Everything would be great, you know. So, um, yeah, we were kind of surprised that it went that way. Yeah, I feel like I feel and it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable and it's going to feel like a pointless exercise because it's not going to go well for the first 20 minutes. But I think you need to sit down, come up with financial goals that have dollar amounts and dates to them. And and hopefully the brainstorming session that you have, uh, you can have without conflict, because my guess is she's going to have more of what we call consumption goals. Her goal may be, well, I'd like to go on this vacation or I'd like to get this item. And that's I'm not saying that projecting on her. It's more of if you've described her as the spender and you're the saver, then naturally the spender is going to have consumption goals. And then even if you're trying to accomplish the consumption goals, that's actually a healthy thing because you're not deficit spending on a credit card. And so I'd be interested to see how that process works for you, too. Mm-hmm. And even if somehow we can decide on maybe half and half. Half is a consumption goal, and the other half is for long-term savings or retirement. Yeah, and I, I think you, at this point in time, I would not set any long-term goals until you can prove to yourself you can accomplish either a 30, 90, or an end-of-the-year goal. Like, don't okay. don't even start with, in one year, we'd like to, dude, you're wasting your time because you have to prove the concept. And the concept is set a goal, run hard, hit it, move on. Okay. Uh, you, you had two other questions I want to address before we go. Number one, you ask about ETF investing, uh, exchange-traded funds. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think your focus, not to tell you I'm not going to answer your question because I am going to answer your question, but your main focus has got to be to get that savings up. Once it does, right. ETF okay. investing can be really smart. I mean, you can use a robo-advisor like I happen to. I, I uh, invest in ETFs via a robo-advisor. I happen to use Betterment. Um, an exchange-traded fund, the difference between that and a mutual fund is a mutual fund, the pricing is set at the end of the day, but an exchange-traded fund trades like a stock that you can trade at interday, um, which means the pricing is a lot more specific. That, that's, a, that's a really gross definition of how an ETF is different than a mutual fund, but it's a diversified investment. It, it could be a good thing for you once you get that savings up. And then your next question was about health savings accounts. And if you're eligible for one, do you have health insurance through your shop or you have it through Obamacare? I have it through my wife. Through your wife's. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is, is it a high deductible health insurance plan or is it just traditional? It's traditional. Then you don't have access to a health savings account. So okay. you need a high deductible plan and then a health savings account attaches on to that. Um, and that and that is exactly, I guess, the reason why. Also, I would prefer to get that, you know, an emergency fund built up savings for us. Absolutely, yeah, and absolutely, and I think, I think even having some consumption goals over the next ninety days will help you eventually save uh, and accumulate a savings together. Um, any other questions uh, before we go? I do not. I think you've been of great help and assistance. I really appreciate it. No, it's my, my pleasure. Now, if you've got time, uh, Google Pete the Planner and Perfect Money Conversation. So Pete the Planner, okay. Perfect Money Conversation. It's how to have a successful conversation with your significant other about money. It's an article I wrote. So check that out. Ruben, thanks for your time, and I appreciate being on the show. Thanks. Get to the gym. <laughs> I will. No, I won't. <laughs> thanks, Ruben.
everyday living through the peace of my soul i remain whole even in the middle of the that's this week's uh, podcast how do you like that See, that's how we do it here. If you're again, if you're a radio listener and you're not familiar with how the podcast works, that's how it works. So if you're listening, uh, you, we we fix a person's financial life and we just fix Rubens. Hopefully, hopefully. If you're listening on the podcast, you're all sorts confused because there's commercials all over the place. If you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, well, <laughs> you probably lost your appetite. I'm not that good looking. This week's bomb, biggest waste of money of the week, is Chick Fil A. But there, but there's a big but. There's a big but. I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches. They're delicious to put in your face. However, uh, the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, are opening a brand new stadium. And in this brand new stadium, there is a Chick-fil-A. What do you know? Uh, what do you know about the NFL? The NFL primarily plays on Sundays. What do you know about Chick-fil-A? It's closed on what day? Sundays. So what the Atlanta Falcons have really done is they put a Chick-fil-A stand in their stadium that is closed on Sundays. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. If they have a Monday night football game, chicken sandwiches will be had in the face. If they've got a Thursday night football game, pickles and chicken in your gizzards. However, if there's a game on Sunday... Buy a pretzel because you're not getting Chick-fil-A. That's this week's biggest waste of money of the week. The people that thought they put a chicken sandwich stand in a stadium that only serves chicken sandwiches on Sundays. Sure, I know it's religious beliefs and it's all these sorts of things and that's wonderful, but still big waste of money, right? God, God doesn't want you to waste money and now that's me telling you what God wants for you. It's time to end the show. That's all we got for this week's show. I'm reminding you as always, I'm sending you good vibes. Because good vibes are all that's in the budget, even on Sundays. This is the Million Dollar Plan, and I'm Pete the Plan. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, Tron greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn.
salutations. I bring you love, drawn greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, drawn can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?